This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is The Full Story. battle on our hands. The election is just around the corner. Dominic Perrottet and Chris Minns, they are both hard workers. The New South Wales state election is just over a month away and voters face a choice between the Liberal Party led by incumbent Dominic Perrottet. Limits change and you set them accordingly. Chris, running the state's finances in the economy is not like running well, a I school mean, tuck do, shop. Do we really like, have to take is... a lecture from And Labor, fronted by first-time challenger Chris Minns. You've racked up the biggest debt the state's ever seen, the biggest deficit the state's ever seen, the highest taxing jurisdiction in the country. Uh, After a year where Liberal and Conservative governments have fallen one by one and the New South Wales Liberal Party has made headlines for all the wrong reasons. New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet is fighting to contain the fallout from his Nazi costume confession. It's not, it's not, this is about a mistake that I made. They're hoping to convince voters to give them a fourth term. But the polls are tight, and New South Wales Labor says it's time for change. Today, could the New South Wales election spell the end of another Liberal government? It's Monday, the 20th of February. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Michael McGowan, it's not been a good year for Conservative politics and the Liberal Party. They've lost elections on the state and the federal level. How significant is this election then in the broader national picture? Yeah, well, I mean, New South Wales is, along with Tasmania, the last territory or state in in Australia with a a sitting Liberal government. And Dominic Parente is really right now the most senior Liberal Party elected in government in, in Australia. Michael McGowan is the New South Wales state correspondent at Guardian Australia. New South Wales is obviously, you know, it's the largest economy in Australia. It's an important state for them to hold. I mean, but obviously the Liberal Party who were decimated at the federal election are going to be looking at this election and thinking like, well, how bad is the damage to our brand right now? You know, like, was the federal election an outlier or are we in a lot of trouble Mm. nationally? So, Michael, I'm wondering if we can start with the contenders for New South Wales Premier in this election. Many people would have heard of Dominic Perrottet around the country, but what do we need to know about him? So Dominic Perrottet is a member of the conservative faction of the New South Wales Liberal Party. He has been in politics or been in Parliament since 2011 and was sort of known as a 
painted as a bit of a conservative warrior. You know, in the past, he's been a opponent of abortion reform. He famously celebrated the election of, of the former US President Donald Trump as a, a victory for people who have been taken for granted by the elites. Mm-hmm. There's been reports about his, his family having ties to the sort of ultra-conservative Opus Dei Catholic order. But the thing is, the New South Wales government in the 12 years it's been in power is it has been a moderate-led government, mm. right? So Perite is a, an outlier in that he's a you know right-wing leader in New South Wales. And he's sort of conformed to that a little bit. He, he's backed the government's really ambitious emissions reduction targets, for example. So that sort of, I think, led to the situation where the, the image that might have been painted of Perite has actually turned out to be not the Don Perite, the Premier, I think. Is he a popular Premier? Based on the polls that we've seen recently, he, he's slightly ahead of um, Chris Minns, as the opposition leader, as preferred Premier. The government, though, is is perhaps not doing as well if we go by the polls. The thing is, the government has been beset by a, a series of scandals. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm here to make a public statement and won't be taking any questions. I've had to make an extremely difficult decision overnight, but one which I feel like... came into power because the previous Premier resigned during a, an ICAC inquiry. Therefore, it pains me to announce that I have no option but to resign from the office of Premier. My resignation will take effect as soon as... And then since then, you know, last year we, we had a long saga uh, involving a, a job that was given to the former Deputy Premier, John Barilaro, which became a huge scandal. Former Deputy Premier John Barilaro pummeled with accusations today over the New York Trade Post scandal. One of the most notorious Jobs for the Boys scandal New South Wales has ever seen. Jobs for the Boys, it's been called. Famously dubbed the Jobs for the Boys and, and more recently, there was an issue around uh, bushfire recovery grants where the Auditor General said that John Barilaro, when he was the Deputy Premier, interfered with the first round of, of those grants. And the result of that meant that Labor electorates completely missed out on, on government assistance. And then most recently... When I was 21, at my 21st fancy dress party, uh, I wore a Nazi uniform. Dominic Perrottet revealed that he dressed up in a, a Nazi uniform, which was obviously a, a, a really significant uh, revelation. And I'm truly sorry for the hurt and the pain that this will cause people right across our state. I mean, he, he apologised profusely for that, and, and but it's interesting because despite all of those scandals, um, he remains, you know, the, the preferred premier according to, to polling. So, you know, make of that, I guess, what you will. What about Chris Minns? He became Labor leader in 2021, around the same time as Dominic Perrottet, but most people don't really know about him or about many state opposition leaders, really. Who is he? Yeah, that's me, thank you. So recently I went out to Cogger and met him at a cafe to have a chat for, for a profile that I wrote for The Guardian. And a takeaway coffee is for... Yeah, that's coming yep, in. I think I was able to sort of take away a lot about uh, him as a, as a person and a leader from, from that conversation. Bang, 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 bang. This is how I think you get enough votes to crack the electorate. And I also think it's a foundation for a pretty good government. So Chris Minns is... MP for Cogger in the southern suburbs of Sydney. He grew up there. So your dad was a principal. Mm-hmm. He had a big influence on me growing up. Mm. He sort of talked about growing up in a fairly political family. Dad was a, you know, diehard Labor. He made you a Keating, Keating stand, didn't he? Yeah, he, he, loved, he loved Paul Keating. 
talking politics around the table. Every night, pretty much. No TV, you know, around the, around the dinner table. He joined the party at the age of 17. And he's sort of, you know, he's gone through the uh, traditional Labor path. He, he, he served as president of Young Labor. He was the president of his local branch. I was the president of Pencehurst branch and then the president of the SEC. So I've been really involved in the rank and file. It's interesting, when he came into parliament in 2015, he was being touted as, you know, a future, a future leader. He had all this sort of hype around him. Right, but what is his reputation as a politician and as a leader? In New South Wales. Well, it's interesting because before he became the leader, Chris Minns was kind of a divisive figure in the the New South Wales Labor Party because he was, you know, very openly ambitious. He he challenged uh, for the leadership twice unsuccessfully before he eventually got the job. And when he when he made those challenges, he was quite critical of the party and the direction it had been going, saying it needed to be more ambitious, it needed to do more to appeal to young voters. He he put some people's noses out of joint. You haven't been afra- afraid to to annoy the party, basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I think I can do the job. Yeah, my life would have been easier if we'd just gone along with all of the decisions made. I mean, I don't always get it right, but um, I've thought about this stuff pretty deeply. And it was only after Labor continued to lose elections and continued to lose some, some important by-elections that the party eventually turned to him... And then Chris Minns as the opposition leader has been quite a different character. He's been much more cautious. His critics have sort of have said that he's been kind of unwilling to, to stand up for, for Labor's progressive wing. You know, he, he um, supported the coalition's bill that introduced um, severe new punishments for climate protesters. He, he publicly urged the rail unions to, to end their strikes when Sydney's train network was in chaos last year. But, you know, he's pushed back against that suggestion and the suggestion that he's been sort of uninspiring in opposition. All right, do you, do, you, do you accept that criticism that you have been cautious, that you have been... I mean, look, I, no, I don't accept that we've been cautious. I mean, a lot of those decisions have been difficult for mm. us internally in the party. Um, he says right. that his platform is a, a genuine reflection of what he's hearing. So I know we're still more than a month out from the election, but what are the seats that could determine the final outcome? A couple of things. The key to winning this election, as in every state election and, and indeed often federal elections, is Western Sydney. Um, there are quite a few seats that are, that are quite marginal that both the Labor needs to win, the, the Liberal Party is desperately trying to hang on to. And that's where Labor hopes the election will be won. But they don't have an easy path to government. They have to win nine seats to, to form a majority government. You know, there, there aren't that many easy marginal seats for them to pick up. It, it's a challenging electoral board for them. What is Labor's strategy to try and win those nine seats that they need? They've stuck to a, a very deliberately focused, narrow platform that's about the cost of living or cost of living relief. It's about services like health and education. And it's it's this really, like, ultra-focused, um, we don't want to talk about anything other than health funding, education funding, cost of living. That's the message over and over and over again. There are some really obvious parallels to to Anthony Albanese's election, right, and the pitch of of safe change. Uh, We're going to run a common sense operation. You know, it's not a big experiment. We're not trying to take over the government and then, um, you know, run it like a think tank. It's a huge responsibility. It's a, you know, $80 billion business. 
a lot of people rely on government services and they want to make sure that if they do put Labor in power for the first time in 12 years, mm. that we're a responsible show that is going to govern for everybody. And this is where the, the sort of modern Labor Party is going, right? It's like progressive, sure, like, you know, we'll be progressive, but not if that's going to cost us what we see as the political middle, right, the centre ground. That's where their focus is. And what about the Liberal Party? Yeah, so, I mean, the Liberal Party has a much tougher challenge in a way. This is a 12-year-old government, right, and they're asking for a fourth term in power. They need to hold on to basically all of their seats to hold government. They have no room to move. And they're sort of trying to speak out of both sides of their mouths when they're talking to different sections of the community. So in their sort of traditional Liberal Party heartland in like the east and north of Sydney, which is where the Teals, you know, did huge damage to the federal Liberal Party, they're talking about um, socially progressive issues, climate change, things like that. If you look to the western suburbs, the message is a little bit different. It's more about cost of living and, and, and I guess, policies that they think will appeal to, you know, the more blue-collar workers out in, in the west. Mm. And, it, and it can be kind of jarring because you can hear different messages coming on different days depending on where they are, but that's the line they need to walk. The other thing is that we are just hearing so many socially progressive policies coming out of the Liberal Party, which is not what we've become used to, at least on a federal level. Next. Could a controversial pokies policy save Dominic Perrottet? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So Mick, before the break, we heard about the candidates and their strategies. I want to move on now to the policy. The most controversial policy announced so far is the Liberal Party crackdown on pokies, which has been praised by gambling reform advocates. Can you talk us through the substance of this? Yeah, so essentially bullet points, it's a $344 million plan that will turn poker machines in New South Wales cashless by the end of 2028. There are two kind of points to a cashless gaming system. For problem gambling, it's about trying to set limits on how much people are putting into poker machines. By putting money on a card or limits on a card rather than sort of feeding endless cash through the machine. But it's also about combating money laundering. And at the moment, there is no way of really tracking how money is is moved through clubs and pubs in, in New South Wales. 
that's compared to Labor who have said that they'll do an expanded trial of cashless gaming, um, which would go over 500 machines and would have like an expert panel that would recommend or make recommendations about whether it should be rolled out more widely. This pokies policy has had ripple effects in federal politics as well. Albanese was recently asked in Question Time whether he would also seize the momentum for reform around pokies, but he said, you know, this is an issue for the states essentially. Is Perite kind of leaving Albanese in the, the dust here and how unusual is, is that? That kind of goes to the the weird dynamics of, of this election where you have a coalition government that is kind of on the front foot on a lot of sort of, I guess what you would say is like socially progressive reforms mm. and a Labor Party that is being quite trepidatious about dipping its toe in the water. Mm. The funny thing about this whole debate is that many people within both the Liberal Party and, and Labor, more pointedly, don't think this issue is a vote winner necessarily. I mean, polling shows over and over again that people support the reforms, but whether it will actually change many votes is um, more complicated. And look, Labor will tell you privately that they don't think that it's, it is a vote winner. If it's not seen as a vote winner and not a policy we would usually expect from a Conservative government, why is Dominic Perrottet pursuing Pokey's reform? I think Dominic Perrottet genuinely believes that poker machines in New South Wales are a huge issue that are causing a lot of harm to a lot of people. And, I mean, we do have a huge concentration of, of poker machines in New South Wales. But the politics is interesting too because the fact is this government has been beset by some of those integrity issues that we mentioned earlier. So, in a way, by Dominic Perrottet standing up and being the sort of integrity guy who's going to push against the club's lobby, who's going to take this sort of like moral stand against this like scourge of our society, is a kind of a way of resetting the narrative about what this government looks like and what they stand for. It sort of maybe gives a new sheen to this coalition government. Last week, the Liberals' socially progressive credentials were put to the test when Labor announced that they would ban gay conversion therapy, something that Dominic Perrottet is hesitant to say yes or no to. But the Liberal Party is trying hard to appeal to voters who might lean teal. What have they put on the table? So, I mean, late last year they announced, you know, ambitious new emissions reduction targets of of 70% by 2035. They, at the last budget, announced uh, sweeping changes to to childcare policy. A lot of this is around, you know, appealing to women voters because the Liberal Party in New South Wales know that at the last federal election it was women who, in the in the main, turned away from them. So things like, you know, rebates for for IVF that were also in the last budget, and there's schemes around encouraging more women into onto boards, for example. It's really about the New South Wales government saying. We aren't the federal Liberal Party. (laughs) Like that has been like a huge part of the last 12 months in this government. The Liberal Party and the Labor Party are trying to sell themselves to Western Sydney voters, blue-collar voters across the state as well. How are they doing that? The coalition's whole playbook, in the main that's about cost of living measures. So, for example, very recently announced $250 rebates on energy bills and The big one, though, I think it's more symbolic than anything else, is this plan to raise the wall of Warragamba Dam. So for people outside of Sydney, Warragamba Dam, big dam in Sydney, supplies most of the city's drinking water. There's also been a lot of issues about flooding in in Western Sydney because of a history of developing on, on the floodplain. 
the coalition government wants to raise the wall substantially to, it says, stop the risk of flooding in the, in the Nepean Valley. But a lot of experts say that doing that would have really huge uh, consequences for the environment and for Indigenous heritage in that area. But when it comes to Western Sydney, all the government's sort of like progressive, feel-good, where like socially nice stuff kind of dissipates a little bit, right? Dominic Perrottet said last year, literally, people put for plants. That's the quote. And what policies has Labor put forward to win these voters in Western Sydney? So, like, Labor's whole pitch is about services, right? It's about health funding, education funding. It's, we know there's a teacher shortage, so we'll fund more teachers. We know there's a healthcare workers shortage, we'll fund more nurses. There's a little bit of a lack of detail in a lot of that because a lot of states have staff shortages in their health and education systems, and it's not totally clear how they will address that. On things like cost of living, so the opposition says that they'll waive stamp duty properties up to $800,000 and increase concessions up to a million dollars, but they've been really determined to stay our message. State politics is about service delivery, right? And that's what they want to talk about, services. Even with this focused messaging that you've mentioned, Labor does have an uphill battle to come out of opposition after 12 years. What kind of weak points are they hitting the Liberal Party on? Yeah, so there's the integrity thing that I mentioned before, but also this sort of legacy of of privatisation of this government over the past 12 years. The Coalition's whole playbook over the last 12 years has been sell public assets use the income from those public assets to pay for really big infrastructure projects like WestConnex and the Sydney Metro rail line, right? Um, That's proved really popular, but it's meant, A, that the state's revenue is maybe not in the best shape, but maybe more importantly, the, the upshot is that people now end up paying quite a lot of money in tolls, for example, on privately owned roads. So, so Labor are now running on this, we won't privatise any further public assets, and hope that that's a, a vote winner for them. The coalition, though, is also using that to hit them because they're saying, well, how are you going to build anything? As you've mentioned, Perrottet does not have the unpopularity of Scott Morrison and his party are heading into this election as a party in power, unlike the fairly dysfunctional Victorian Liberal Party who were pitted against the popularity of Daniel Andrews as well. Can he buck this, this national trend, this decline of the Liberal Party we're seeing around the country? It's Well, it's obviously the... Most important question. It's also the hardest question to answer. Um, the problem Don Perrottet has is he has absolutely no room to move. The coalition's already a minority. They can't really lose, afford to lose any seats. It's just a very narrow board, right? And they don't have a lot of prospects of picking anything up. Having said that, I don't think right now the Labor Party has sort of demonstrated that they are absolutely sort of kicking down the door and going to stampede into to government in March. It's interesting because the coalition has been in power for a long time. The wheels maybe are starting to rattle a little bit and maybe there is a sense among voters of, well, the government's had its go. We're getting slogged with tolls on every motorway that we drive on and paying more in interest rates. You know, let's try something fresh. On the other hand, though, maybe it's we're in... Difficult, challenging times. The coalition's been in power for 12 years and knows what they're doing, whereas in the New South Wales opposition, the Labor Party, there's only one person on the front bench who's ever been in government, that's Michael Daly. The rest of them are uh, completely 
untested in, in government. This is a very inexperienced front bench. I still think it's it's an election that is going to be really, really close. And Perite has has proven adept at presenting himself as a saleable, electable, sensible figure. And we'll just have to wait and see whether that counts for anything. That was Michael McGowan, New South Wales State Correspondent for Guardian Australia. Some updates on this story since this episode was recorded. On Friday, the New South Wales Finance Minister, Damien Tudorhope, resigned from Cabinet after it was revealed he held shares in major toll road owner Transurban. The Premier accepted Tudorhope's resignation, adding the Minister had been cleared of wrongdoing by lawyers from the Department of Premier and Cabinet. And on Saturday, the Liberal Party effectively disendorsed Upper House MP Peter Poulos after it was revealed he emailed explicit images of a female rival five years ago. The party's state director suspended Poulos for six months, excluding him from the Liberals' Upper House ticket for the March poll. In the wake of these revelations, New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet has denied that his party is in disarray. For more on these stories and what it means for the New South Wales election, head to theguardian.com. This episode was produced by Alison Chan and Joe Koning, who also did the sound design and mixing. Theme music by Joe Koning. The executive producers of this episode are me, Laura Mafiotes, and Miles Martignoni. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.